bless you. Happy almost 4th of July to everyone. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Hey, Kim, how's it going? Like I said, good to see everybody. We're here because... We all got our reasons. I know Jimmy's here for the food, but that's okay. Hey, this morning, this is a song I am giving glory to God for. It's no big deal. But sometimes, you ever see God do some little things every once in a while, and you go, that was sweet, God. You know, that was just a nice thing. About 18 years ago, I tried to play this song, and I love playing it this way, but I wasn't good enough. I couldn't do it. And I said to Debbie on Thursday, I said, I really, don't you love this version because it came up on Sunday? She goes, I love that. I'm going to go try and play it. And I could play it. So, some of you will recognize this. Some of you will recognize this song, but maybe not this arrangement. Here we go. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So lovely the world that He gave us His son. His life and open the earth no longer come. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, to Jesus, the Son.
Cornerstone days, and I was there till 2006. So it's been since probably 2000, and it's probably 20 years since I wanted to play that song. You'll be hearing it again next week. All right. All right, a couple of items on the bulletin, in the bulletin, and on the bulletin, and on your hearts and in your minds. Okay. I'm in a good mood. Are you guys in a good mood? Hope you're in a good mood. How many have a three day weekend this weekend, huh? Oh, yeah. How many, how many of you retired people? It's always a three-day weekend. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, we have our summer break. This Wednesday night, we will have our last uh, Thrive Experiencing God night this Wednesday, and then we'll take a break till September 6th when we return. And then also uh, Refresh has their potluck dinner. Now, Brenda, you didn't tell me the theme. You just said, as chicken the theme? Barbecue chicken is the theme. They're going to provide the chicken. You provide the sides, and that would be great. So that is on July 20th, and um, that should be, that's here, right? So that'll be a pool party here. So make sure you come. And then also, uh, please remember that um, we're starting a series today called uh, The Gifts of the Spirit. So we also, we have more. Thank you so much, all of you who took the Spiritual Gifts Assessment. Um, last week and took it home. Hopefully you filled it out and have a good idea as we go over the weeks of these different gifts. Um, if you haven't done that, do this today is an overview, so do it this week. But you can also go online. A simple way to do that is with your phone. Just go to your camera. It should pull up a little yellow bar. When you come to this little cue card code, it'll take you right there and you can take the gifts test. Who was asking me about the gift of apostle? The apostleship gift. Jerry. So Jerry, the gift, this little side, this is between Jerry and I. I guess we could have done this before, but I couldn't remember who it was. Jerry, that's like a, a missionary would have that, where you feel the call to go to another place and then start a church or plant a church. 
That would be apostle, that, that gift right there. So does that make sense? It did too. I had to look it up though. I, I had to go. I didn't know really what it no. Yeah, don't leave. You're not going to like Zimbabwe and starting a church, are you? <laughs> no, don't say no. Since you just had your birthday, happy birthday also to the matriarch there. Hallelujah. Okay, so the, another announcement. Anna, I think we have, did I put the pickup? Oh, it's there. No, I put it there. You know the little drop-down? If you go to the drop-down next to that thing, it should, and then, okay, never mind. It's there. We have our movie night tickets out. So they're out on the back table. Take some home with you and then give them out everywhere you can. They look like little movie tickets. They have all the information on the back. The cool thing is if they ask you, oh, what movies are playing, direct them to the, ah, see, I told you it was there. (laughs) I forgot to do that. So uh, it doesn't say that what movies there are. So you say, oh, go to our website and you can find out anything you want to know. So we want to direct them there. And uh, the movies are, let me see if I can do it. Wait, wait. Blue's Clues is one. Oh, there was another one. I can't remember. Wait, but, uh, then I, that's all I got. No, oh, the crocodile one. Lyle, Lyle, crocodile. Mario Brothers. And then the original non-woke, non-politically correct Little Mermaid, right? So, we, I, I, so, those are, so there's two live action and two animation. It's going to be great this year. We have, um, we have a bounce house we're going to be setting up this year. We have our cornhole that will be setting up two of those games. We have our giant Jenga and our giant Connect Four, and we have snow cones, cotton candy, popcorn, lemonade, and this year, hot dogs. So it's going to be a great, great family event. Every Friday in August, we want everybody to come. But here's the role of the church in this. Our goal, again, they will know uh, our, our faith. They know we are Christians by our love for each other. And we are called to serve the community. There is no easier way than coming to a movie night, welcoming people, and walking around and asking them, can I get you corn? Can I get you a cotton candy? Can I help you if you need anything? That's all it takes. And when they see us loving each other and loving on them, there's no greater attraction than that. All the altar calls in the world get there until the Holy Spirit touches them and the we can do that is to love on them. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you have all the right words or do all the right things. All that matters is be there and love on people. Amen. Amen. What am I forgetting, Anna? Nothing else? What? Oh, downstairs. We got food. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't made, yeah, we got a barbecue. Uh, Jimmy is Pastor Jimmy, you are barbecuing hot dogs, hamburgers, and and chicken. So that is provided, and then we have some great sides downstairs. Doesn't matter if you brought anything or not. Uh, immediately following service, come on downstairs and have some food. If you have a kids with you, are you going to do that? Are you going? Oh, we're Yeah, you're setting up the bounce house. We have two big bounce houses now. I don't know if you guys know this. One of them we got for a steal. The other one even better price because it was given 
to, uh, to our church. And then Pastor Anna and Jimmy, mostly Pastor Anna, opened that thing up and has been pressure washing it and washing it down and desanitizing it and cleaning it up. Um, it looks like it was hysterical. I wish I had been there seeing you get soap and try to stand up. <laughs> so it's all, we are blessed by that. So they're setting up the, the smaller one, right? A smaller one. And uh, we are blessed by it. So come on down. I know Dennis will be on the bounce house, so you want to see that. <laughs> so in the meantime, let's fellowship. Let's uh, say hi to one another. And look, we'll even give you five minutes to do it. Amen? All right. <laughs>
thank you for paying such close attention. Oh, it got quiet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. God bless you today. Good, good to have a noisy church. I like a noisy church. It's good to be noisy. I like it. Oh, the air conditioner's kicking in finally. When I got here this morning, it was like a hot box in here. It was like a sauna. All right. Well, God bless you. I want to. Uh, who do I have? I have Bob. I have you. Bob is going to uh, pray for our offering. How you doing, Bob? doing okay how's your mom doing yeah how are you doing how are you doing you morning church good to see you all lord first of all we thank you uh that we can gather in front of you and uh lord it's just great to know you it's great that we're you're in our lives it's great that you oversee us it's great that you walk with us and even when we don't always walk with you, you walk with us because you're so faithful. And uh, I thank you so much for that, Lord God. And all of us here, Lord God, may we just all be able to uh, not only know you, but uh, feel you, Lord God, feel your grace, your love, your presence, your forgiveness, your good-naturedness, Lord God, as well as uh, gather your wisdom. In this moment uh, of uh, where we tithe to the church, Lord God, um, again, you know, we, we walk by what the Holy Spirit tells us. And... Uh, Lord, uh, you sacrificed all for us, and we sacrificed a little bit back of what you've given us, which is kind of strange thinking about it. So, Lord, uh, may you put on the heart what the giving should be. May the giving be generous. May our hearts be open, and may our hearts be generous, not only at this time of giving, but throughout the week, Lord God. Give us a generous, open, loving, forgiving heart to the people that are around us. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bob. I always love playing this song. It was my, one of my grandma's favorites. Of course, she was always Assemblies of God, so I can't say it was her very favorite. That has to be how great thou art, right? That's like a rule. But this one she used to sing when we would close in prayer. Every time we left her house, she had to pray. So we'd hold hands, and then me as a kid, I'd go, Amen, okay, now I can go get out of here. And no, we had to now sing. And she used to love singing this song. So let's stand to our feet. Let's worship God. Let's give all of our focus on him right now. Let's make him bigger than any problem you're facing. That you might be facing any problems with your body or mind. Just worship God and make him big. Bigger than all of that. What a fellowship. What a joy divine
the pain and the sorrow.
worship His holy name. Sing like never before.
time. Amen, amen. Oh, why did I take my guitar? Well, that's okay. Well, I'll make it. We got a communion deal. Let's do a communion deal. So as go ahead and, and pass it out. While, while you Don't pass out. Pass it. Uh, the, you know what I mean. The elements. I'll tell you something. Communion is, is, is a celebration, not a funeral. Amen? amen? Jesus didn't want us just to remember that he died. He wanted us to remember he rose again and was victorious over death. That's why he wants us to never forget what he did for us. The amazing thing about that to me is, no matter what condition our lives are in, our attitude is in, our mindset is in, God still died and still rose again for us. That's an amazing thing, that there's no condition. Go get your life all right. No, getting your life right is in response to the love that he has for you. 
He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So we are going to today in, in the message start a, a series on spiritual gifts. And really the, the first and second Corinthians are letters written um, in response to some of the things that were going on in the Corinth church. And we'll get to that later. But part of what he was responding to was the mess that was going on during communion. That was happening where people were waiting until they get to church and that's when they'll eat. And the rich people were going first. They were all the good wine, and they were taking a lot of it, and they were taking all the good food and for the servants. So they were t- taking this communion thing to be a party. And Paul was trying to correct this. And that's why when you see, don't worry, you know, we always hear about first communion and oh you know you don't want to be damned in your communion you can't be unworthy what paul was saying is that look if you're going to party and get wasted and take advantage of the poor people and eat all the food that's doing it in an unworthy manner that's not worthy of what jesus christ did on the cross for us is it so it tells us to examine ourselves well how you doing that's what he says how you doing how you doing Hopefully you didn't sin as much this week as maybe you did last week. And you just found out, or maybe yesterday, today, who knows. We all got to take it a day at a time. We all have our things, don't we? We all have our things that fight in this, we fight in this flesh. It's never, re- I mean, hopefully, you know, it's never all the commandments. Hopefully nobody woke up this morning going, I hope I don't kill anyone this morning. But we do have our little things. And that's where we have to examine ourselves. Father, keep me from temptation. God, help me to live a life worthy of what you did. I know I I never will, but I want it to represent you in a good way. And that's really what he's talking about. So what he did was he took the bread and he turned to his friends at the table while they're having a meal. And he broke it and he gave thanks. And he says, take it because it's my body. And it was broken for you. He was talking about Isaiah. He was talking about a prophecy there. It's so funny how he says, my body was broken, yet no bone in his body was broken on the cross. So it was really about his spirit being broken. It's about just being broken. Haven't you ever just felt broken? And that's what Christ was saying. This is, I was broken for you, so you didn't have to be broken. And so he took the bread, and they, they passed it around, and they took it, and they gave thanks. So, Father, we do that. We give thanks. We give thanks for, for your body that was broken for us. Some of us are of a broken spirit or a broken mind or a broken heart. Some of us have a healing we need. And your, your word says that by your stripes you're he- we're healed. So, so we, we come to you needing healing as well. But God, more importantly, we come to you because you are the fulfiller of all that. You are sustainer of all that. You are the great healer. We thank you for what you did for us and your body did for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and take of the bread. And I always like the cup part, not because it's wine, it's still grape juice, sorry. Not because of that. I guess it's because it shows the humanity in Jesus, how he can relate to us so much. The night before his, he was crucified, when he was up in that garden, he was saying, God, is there any other way? Can you take this cup from me? There's got to be a different way, God. Come on, let's look up the contract. There's got to be a loophole somewhere. Jesus was sweating blood. 
Don't ever let anybody say that it's ungodly to stress. Our, our, our Savior did. So he said, is there any other way you could take this cup? But, but, he said, if, it, if it's your will, let it be done. Not my will, your will. Some of us have been dealt a bad cup. Some of us a broken cup. But Jesus is bigger than all of that. And he gave it, and he said, this, is, this represents the, the blood. The, the wine was always representative of blood, and blood is always representative of life. And in order to have a, 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 a perfect sacrifice, it had to be blood of an unblemished animal, unblemished lamb particularly. And Jesus was called the Lamb of God, and he was sinless, unblemished. So blood had to be spilled for our sin. It's the love story God wrote for us in how to restore our relationship with him. So symbolizing that, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was shed for you. His friends. Aren't we thankful that Jesus is our friend, our savior, our God? Thank you, Father, that you sent your son who paid the price for us. For if it wasn't for him, we'd all be doomed. Death would have won. But instead, we have our hope that lies in Jesus Christ, our Savior, and clothed in his righteousness, we can approach the throne and enter into the kingdom of God. We thank you that his blood was shed for us. In Jesus' name, we said, amen. So, Father, as we continue into this service, open up our eyes and our ears. Open up our hearts. Help us to hear what you have to hear. Help us to get rid of any distraction around us and if, or any distraction that's kind of on our minds today and open us up to be available to what you have for us today. And in Jesus' name we said, amen, amen. God bless you today. I, I, am, I always like to start a series. I'll tell you why, because I like series because now I know what I'm doing next week. I always like that. And I don't have to worry about it. I already know what's next. Actually, I know what's happening for the next eight weeks, which is really cool and, uh, and fun for me. So it's, I hope it's fun for you. More importantly, we have a job to do. I hope you didn't think your job as a Christian was coming to church. I hope you didn't think your job as a Christian was just listening to Christian music and not going to rated R movies. And then I'm a Christian. I hope you know it's so you can get to heaven. I've said this before. If the plan was ask Jesus in your heart, surrender your life to him, repent of the ways you were doing, and then you can enter the kingdom of heaven. If that was solely and the minute we asked Jesus and surrendered our lives to him, boom, we'd be in heaven. But here we are. So he left us here. What are we supposed to be doing? Oh, you're supposed to just be living on a beach, sipping on a drink with an umbrella in it. That's the will of God. Some of us think it's just, well, I just continue on with my life and I got Jesus in my back pocket just in case I need it. But that's not the reality. And some people think, well, I don't need to go to church. I can just go up on the mountain hillside and see Jesus everywhere. Hallelujah. I don't need a church body. Many people don't want to go to church because they don't like being held accountable to anything. So the minute someone in church says something that might be offensive or the pastor calls them on something, they just move on to another church until it happens again. We have that in our society today. The other thing I church does is prepare us for the world. We can't just live in a life protected from society. We have to be prepared for it. 
Jesus is even preparing a place for us. He's just not sitting up in heaven going, when are they going to get here, Father? Even he's preparing. Therefore, we need to prepare. So how do we do that? We come to church once a week. That's right. That's all you have to do, right? Come to church once a week, I'm set. But that's not the deal, folks. That's not what he called us to. He called us to go into all the world and give people the gospel. And, and we're also here to love one another. How many people know some people in this church that you absolutely love? You just love them. How about in your family? You got people you love there? Even like? Oh, some of the hands went down. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't you like ways to love them more? Or how about this? How about, how about this cat? Learn ways to tolerate them more? <laughs> I mean, really, that's the gifts of the Spirit. That's what it's all about. How we can serve one another. How we can serve the body of Christ and love one another and fellowship one another. So today we're going to start exploring this wonderful subject of spiritual gifts. And by the way, every single one of you has access to every single gift. Don't ever limit yourself to say, well, this is my one gift and that's it. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to dive deeper and deeper and deeper to these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand when I talk about these gifts, I want you to personally, today especially, desire them. Desire them. Want them in your lives. Have the gifts operating and flowing in your life. And it's for all of us. It's not just for the person who stands up here and preaches or prays for people. It's for all of us. And so as we dive into these gifts, God's going to show us how these gifts operate in various contexts, how they are for us and for others, how we can serve people using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So today, today isn't one of those, oh, it's more instructional overview. And we begin by talking first about the Holy Spirit himself. And notice how I said himself, not the Holy Spirit itself. It is a him. It is a person. Just like God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not an object. God the Holy Spirit is a person. And God the Holy Spirit is also, by the way, not one-third God, okay? He is God. He is fully God. You may hear people say, I feel the Holy Spirit. And that's true. I could sense the Holy Spirit, and that's great. But he is a person, not just a feeling or some mystical mist flying in the air. It means you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can talk to him. You can listen to him. Listen to John verse 16. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible because the, the, the helper or comforter that you might read in your NIV or New King James Version, that word parkitos only, it, it's too limited in our language. We need a bunch more words to define the Holy Spirit. So one of the words is also, so you got helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener. I like the word. One of the, the, I looked this up too, I didn't realize. One of the words for, for the Holy Spirit is standby. Standby. And it really means he's going to stand by us. 
He's partnering with us. It's such a cool word. And also, um, a strengthener, I love that one too. And it says, to be with you forever. He's representing us before the very throne of God. Don't you think you ought to get to know him? He's our counselor. He speaks wisdom to us. He gives us strength when we're weak. So we have to develop a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit because he's a person. All right, we all got that? The Holy Spirit is a? Awesome. So let's move from that starting point and turn to our Bibles, if you have them, for, for, for first two First Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Because this is the chapter that we have Paul the Apostle writing about the gifts of the Spirit. We need to understand the context, though. He is addressing in the letter. I mean, I told you a little bit about this before communion, but let me give you a little more background. See, Paul's epistle or Paul's letter to the Corinthian church was his, on, his second, this, on his second missionary journey. He travels to this place called Corinth, okay? And it was a metropolis. It was a seaport town. It was a flourishing commercial place, so a city. And Paul, along with Silas, is joined by a couple named Aquila and Priscilla. And they've been sent from Rome. So here's this small team. And what are they doing? They're going to Corinth to plant a church. They're going to establish a church in Corinth. And they spend about a year and a half in Corinth planting this church. And a strong church is established. Paul has taught so many things that we can infer that he also taught them about the gifts. And the church in a year and a half is on fire and moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They're flowing. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And unfortunately, it gets messy. At the end of 18 months, Paul left Aquila and Priscilla. And he left them behind and he went on to Jerusalem. Aquila and Priscilla met this guy named Apollos at Ephesus and taught him the things of the Lord Jesus. Then they later sent Apollos to Corinth. And they recommend him to, recommending him to the believers there. He becomes a great blessing to the believers in Corinth. So now take Paul's third missionary journey. The Apostle Paul spends three years in Ephesus. And during this time, some people from Corinth come up to him. They had visited Paul in Ephesus and gave him an update. He's like, hey, Paul, there's some issues down there in Corinth. They say, Paul, there's a lot of problems. The church has more problems than you can imagine, Paul. So they give him this whole update on the mess that's happening in the church of Corinth. And he writes his first letter to the Corinthian church in response to address these issues. First of all, in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, he's handling division and strife. And let me just give you a short example. Some were saying, I belong to Paul. Some saying, I belong to Peter. And so Paul rebukes them and says, did Paul die for you? Was Peter crucified for you? He says, they should not be in church. Church should not be like that. So they were, they were, unfortunately, we have some of our Catholic brothers and sisters who worship saints, for instance. And Paul's rebuking them for doing exactly that. And then in chapters 5 and 6, he addresses sexual immorality internal conflicts and, and marriage in chapter 7, food offered to idols in chapters 8 and 10. And then he addresses these issues of proper conduct in gatherings in ele chapters 11 through 14. So the gatherings were church. He's addressing this is how church should be. 
And the sad part is, as we go through this, we don't see this in a lot of churches. And I'm frankly, I would love to have a problem that Paul had with the problems in Corinth. Hey, Pastor Eric, too many people are standing up and giving words of wisdom and knowledge. Too many people are trying to throw out prophecy and speak in tongues and there's not translations going on. There's just too many people operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Please let me have that problem. I'll fix that. I Trust me, I will. I'll go right to this section. We'll take care of it. But he's basically saying this is how our gatherings and what they should look like. And how sad we have gotten so homogenized over the years. Over the years, we become this seek. Oh, I'm going to go off a little bit. A seeker-friendly church, right? Oh, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to tell anybody, hey, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to hell. Can I just state here? If you don't have Jesus, you are going to hell. Sorry. Hope that doesn't bum your weekend out. But I'd rather have you saved for eternity than damned in eternity. Amen? So we've homogenized our churches to make sure we all have these nice little topics that you can go home and have some self-help with. We've turned our churches into places where the pastor becomes some celeb- uh, celebrity that everybody goes to see and, or the band becomes a celebrity instead of the word of God should be the star of every service. Amen? So we leave out certain aspects because they're too touchy. We don't want to offend people. I'm so tired of, frankly, I'm so afraid. The gospel is offensive. It's offensive, especially to anybody who doesn't know Jesus. So if you're offended today, you better check your spirit and know your destination when you, when you die. Amen? Okay, I'll get off my little soapbox. Sorry about that. So, Paul is addressing these gifts and how they be exercised in the local church. But he's also saying, don't limit it to the local church. The gifts can operate wherever the Holy Spirit is. And the Holy Spirit is wherever you are. When you're in the shopping mall, Holy, the Holy Spirit. When you're at the doctors, when you're at the gas station, at Starbucks. When you're in the workplace or a college or sitting in a restaurant. The gifts of Spirit can flow because the Holy Spirit is with me and is with you. But here, he's in the context of the local church gathering. So let me do this. Let me read, as best I can, chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. And then we're going to come back and go through that. Okay, so I'll try to do this a little quick, and then we'll slow down a little bit. So beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, the reading of the word. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, do, I do not want you to be ignorant. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to stop there because I don't have that anywhere else in my notes. Remember last week we talked about putting on the righteousness of God? We talked about being clothed in the righteousness of God if you weren't here. And the reason was, is in the book of Hebrews, Paul was, well, the writer of Hebrews, was telling us that, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant in this. Because if you don't even understand the righteousness of God, you're still a baby drinking milk. And it's time that you grow up. You should be teaching people. So we have a theme here going. You got the righteousness of God, you're starting to grow up, get off the milk. Now he wants you to be smart again. He doesn't want you to be ignorant about these things. God wants you to know about these things. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are all differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one 
for the profit of all. Everybody say all. Right on. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith in the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Verse 10. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills. So let's pick up verse 1. Let me run back there. Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want to highlight the word. We already talked about ignorant, so we're not going to do that. I'm not going to go back. But I want to highlight the word spiritual. He says they're spiritual. Why does he say they're spiritual? Because they cannot be done by man. These are not natural. These are not carnal gifts. These are supernatural spiritual gifts. They, they can't be done. That means the word of wisdom doesn't mean, if you take your little assessment test and it says you have, the, you have the gift of wisdom, it doesn't mean now you're a PhD and a doctor. The gift of healing doesn't mean that you're now a medical doctor. He's not talking about that. God wants his people to understand what we're talking about here. The number one thing is that we desire these things, that we things, we understand these things. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. My favorite word in this is dumb. I like the word dumb there. It doesn't mean that the idols were stupid. It doesn't mean they were, it doesn't make any sense. They were just stone or wood or whatever. They were basically, Paul is saying, look at those idols that they were worshiping, which there were many in this big city of Corinth. These idols don't speak. They're dumb. They don't speak. They don't express themselves. Not like we have in our God, our Savior, our Holy Spirit. We serve a God who does speak. We serve a God that will manifest himself. And he's drawing the contrast here. Those are dumb. Ours are not. Okay? Well, our God, not ours. Verse 4. There are diversities. There are diversities of the gifts, but the same Spirit diverse. And as being there are varieties. There are many different kinds, not just one, but many emphasis here is on the diversities of gifts. Okay, so what he says, the word gifts is this word charisma. The word carries the meaning also grace. They're gifts of grace. You can't earn these gifts. Well, if I just study healing enough, I'll get the gift of healing. If I just work on this hard enough, if I do this, if I do, they're grace given. They're charisma, gifts of grace. And there are many kinds, he's saying, of gift of grace. But it's the same Holy Spirit giving who is at the source of these gifts. In verse 4, that's exactly what he's saying over and over again. Same spirit, same spirit, same spirit. Verse 5, it says there are diversities of administrations. It's the Greek word diakonia, which means ministry services. Ministry. Now, there are different kinds of services, but it's the same God being served. 
We can serve in different ways. Service is like somebody has a service by teaching. Someone serves by singing. Somebody else by helping. There are different illustrations of services. There are things that people do by the same God being served. So if you think you have the gift of criticism, you don't. If you have the gift of discernment, I mean, if the discouragement, you don't. These gifts come from the Holy Spirit to serve one another, to help each other. Verse 6, it says there were diversities of administrations, meaning within the church serving. Verse 6, there are diversities of activities, but the same God works all in all. The activities are the Holy Spirit supernaturally working and in and through you, but it's the same God. For example, sometimes the Holy Spirit supernaturally working in and through is expressed by shouting and making lots of noise. But sometimes the, the Holy Spirit supernaturally is working through you and in you by expression of a still small voice and a quietness. One of my favorite uh, scene, uh, aspects or activity of the Holy Spirit is when Deborah was in the Old Testament praying in the temple, they thought she was drunk. And it wasn't because she was saying anything. It was because she was speaking, but nothing was coming out. She was making her mouth move. She was just, that's all she was doing. And it was an activity of the Holy Spirit. So since she wasn't, they couldn't hear her speak, they thought she was drunk. We, don't, we can't put the Holy Spirit in this little box and say, this is how you will work. It's got to be comfortable. It's got to be organized. It's got to be nice and neat and clean and a nice little bow on top and don't mess with it. Don't take it out of that box. Leave it right there. I'll tell you when the Holy Spirit's going to work in and through me and I'll let it when I decide to let it. If you do that, you'll never have the Holy Spirit manifest himself. I'm sorry, folks. I hate to tell you this, but we don't get to understand 100% of God. Because his ways are not our ways. So we know that the Holy Spirit expresses himself in a different way, but it's the same God. Verse 7. <coughs> excuse me. The manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There's that word again. All. So he's talking about, he mentioned their diverse, diversity in verse 4. And in verse 7, they're a manifestation of the, of the Spirit. So it means they're revealed to make visible. So all of us can make the Holy Spirit be revealed and visible in others and yourself. And in the church, the gifts make the Spirit, His power, visible to us. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Every single one of you in this room has the ability, and the, if, you, if you have the availability, to allow God work in and through you to manifest his power of the Holy Spirit. I know so many people that are waiting to see God before they believe. And we know that it's better to believe without having seen. Jesus had that whole discussion with his, with his disciples. But for us here today, we should be seeing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our churches to testify to a very real and powerful God. Amen? So it can't just be up to the guy on the platform. It has to be done through his church. And every one of you 
has a gift available to you from the Holy Spirit, if not all of them. See, here's the deal. It doesn't matter if we're a church of five, a church of 20, a church of 2,000. God has given the church all the gifts it needs to operate in the way he wills. We have everything we have here. We have everything we need here to have God do a mighty move. We should see people's healing, saved. We should see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Do you see why we need these gifts in operation? It's so important in the church life. It's so people can be blessed. It says for the profit of all, so we can bless one another. Imagine if people were, the word got out that when people came to Mount Zion Church, the people there, man, they are so encouraging. And they, are, they, are, they, they just seem to, to, to love on me in ways that I have received it that I can't believe it. That, that God is moving there. God is, I can see the works of God. Therefore, a church without these expressions, without these gifts, is a church missing an important element. We're not blessing one another. Not enough. Fine, you can bless on your own abilities, and that's wonderful. Some of you are really good at it, and some of you suck at it. <laughs> but some of you can bless people just by the way you say hello, a phone call, a little letter. Oh my gosh, Jerry Windsor, is she the card goddess or what? Oh my gosh. She is wonderful at it. But don't you want, no matter how good you are at it, you'll never be able to achieve fully blessing someone without the use of the Holy Spirit supernaturally. It's important for us to say, God, we want to open up our lives. We want to have these gifts so we can serve, so we can bless for the profit of all. And then verses 8, 9, and 10, he lists those gifts. For one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts. And so what we're going to do over the next nine weeks is we're going we're gonna to look at each one of these in the coming weeks. I don't think it's nine. I think it's eight. For, uh, we're going to look at all nine. We need to talk about how they operate. How do they manifest? What's that supposed to look like? What are we supposed to do? How do we receive these gifts? How do we give these gifts? How does this happen? How do we use them? Because that was the problem in Corinth. Everybody was out of control. It was getting crazy. And so Paul is teaching us. He doesn't say, look, look, this whole Holy Spirit thing in church ain't working. Don't do any of it. He never says that. He wants us to know how. He wants us to know how to do it right. And what are the, what are the purposes of these things? We will talk about each one of us has these gifts and understand and learn how to make ourselves available. We can use these gifts whatever you're doing. Now you might see it says to one given, to another given. But don't ever let that stop you. You can have different gifts at different times. Whether they serve God's people or people outside the church, it doesn't matter. We can use these gifts to serve others. 
But now I want to mention 8 through 10 when he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom, to the spirit, to the word of knowledge, to the same spirit, to the faith. So it goes on and on to this another, to another, and to another. You don't get just one. The Holy Spirit can be manifest at any given time. For instance, maybe you're sitting there at coffee with, uh, with a friend. And this friend has some really difficult problems. And you're sitting in there in the back of my head, your head going, I have no idea. Whoosh. It's too overwhelming. So maybe as they're talking, you're, God, okay, the Bible calls it quickening your spirit. He'll quicken your spirit to maybe a verse or something you heard in church or a friend said. And you say, you know what? I, I can't really answer that, but let me, let me give you this word of wisdom. And so you offer them a solution. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's a word of knowledge. If you've ever had anybody in your life speak into your life in a way that you go, whoa, how did they know that? Maybe they had a word of knowledge. We've got to learn how to make ourselves available to these things so we can help people and serve them. We all have access to this. And let me explain also, he says, uh, in verse 11, he says, as he wills. Sometimes, sometimes we read, as he wills, and we sit down and go, okay. As he wills, I guess it's not his will I have any spiritual gifts. guess my spiritual gift is watching TV. I don't have that. But that's not really what it is. We have our own part to play in this. Later, you're going to see in the chapters, Paul says, I want you to desire. To desire. That's our part. The question is, do you really desire them? Here's the problem in a lot of church life today. People don't want these gifts because then somebody's going to ask them to use them, including God. What if you take one of those assessment tests and says, you have the gift of healing? Oh God, that means I'm going to have to pray for someone. I'm not really good at praying. I don't know if I can pray out loud to anybody else. I don't know if I can do that. And that whole laying the hands thing, what if they think I'm creepy? I'm not going to do that. What if yours comes up tongues? Oh my gosh, please don't let it be tongues. God, if I had to stand up in the middle of the church and start going, blah, 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 they're going to kick me out of this place. What if I have these weirdo gifts and then suddenly I'm going to have, you know what? I'm just not going to try and discover them or I won't tell anybody and I can be a secret agent, Holy Spirit gift person. And I know we laugh, but... The Bible says all of us have access to this, but why aren't we seeing it? Because we're putting them in our pockets and saying, look, you just stay quiet down there, Mr. Holy Spirit. Don't you embarrass me in this place. Don't you embarrass me in front of my family. Come on, there's no better place to be embarrassed than in front of your family. I am the king of embarrassment of my family. Whether I'm embarrassing them just by being me, or whether I do something to embarrass them. How many times do you remember that? It's like your kids would go, don't embarrass me, Dad. Dad, just please don't embarrass me. The minute my girls would say, don't embarrass me, oh. So what if you say, Holy Spirit, please don't embarrass me? Oh. Come on, but... Look at, I'm pleading with you. Isn't it worth 
the loss of your pride or whatever you want to call it in church around your family to help someone, to bless someone? Isn't it worth it? I really think it is. Are you ready to step out in faith? If you don't, it will never manifest. So we need to know how to correctly express these gifts. Chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, the Apostle Paul then switches over to talk about the believer's place in the body. I hope you know that you have a place in this body. And it doesn't matter whether you're visiting the first time or you've been here for decades. You have a place today. Basically, he says this, you know each one of us have a place in the body, and we all have a function to perform in the body. He's talking about our membership function. Each one of us has a place. And then he closes off verses 28, 29, and 30, which can be difficult to understand, so we'll come back to that later. But in order to explain these words of 28, 29, and 30, we have to take a little side trip. In the scripture, the categories of the spiritual gifts. We have to kind of understand there are these three separate categories, three categories of spiritual gifts. There, now, I like to call them gifts of the Spirit, membership gifts, and ministry gifts. Maybe some of you have heard this preached before, and you've heard of categories of gifts of knowledge, gifts of speech, and gifts of power. It's important that we understand that these are, these are different to answer, but it's easy to categorize them differently. But in this way, it works so best when we're talking about Sunday services, especially, or any gathering. So chapters 12, verse, chapter 12, verses 28 through 30, there are these nine gifts of the Spirit. And that's what we're going to study. But then there's his membership gifts. There's gifts of the Spirit, but there's membership gifts. Romans 12, uh, 4 through 9 talks about this. The membership gifts have to do with your place in the body. Each one of us has a role, a function. God has graced us with that. Romans, and, and Romans, Paul says it this way. Somebody may have prophecy, some a teacher, somebody a leader. They're showing mercy, somebody gifts of generosity. So these are, so when you think about it, you got leadership and teachers and prophecy. And all, that's, all that is membership. That has to do with Sunday mornings. Everybody has some membership giftings if you're here. Every one of you has one. But they're different according to what God has put in place, how God has placed in the body. But then there's these ministry gifts. And there's five of these, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, evangelist. Paul tells us exactly that in Ephesians 4.11. There's some gifts of the Spirit, and there's gifts of membership, and then ministry gifts. All believers, therefore, are encouraged to these gifts. We all need these gifts. The church needs these gifts. So let me close with this, and then we can go get some food. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. prophesy. So how many believers are to pursue love? Three of you? How, how many? <laughs> Guys are killing me. You're killing me. How many believers are supposed to pursue love? All of us, right? Pursue love. And then it, it continues pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. When was the last time you consciously said, 
Holy Spirit, I desire your gifts so that I may use them to serve your body. Oh God, this Sunday morning as I wake up, God, gift me whatever is necessary. I make myself available to you. Every Sunday morning, every church gathering, anytime you go into a situation where you want to love someone and serve someone, it's an easy prayer. Holy Spirit, come. And then Paul concludes chapter 12 with this. But earnestly desired the best gifts. The best gifts. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Best gifts. What are the best gifts? I was trying to think, well, which one's best? And so you always think of, of, of uh, a spiritual gift of wisdom or prophecy. Those, prophecy, he always says especially prophecy. That must be the best gift. This, and he says, I'll show you a more excellent way. So desire the best gifts. The best gifts, let me make this very clear. It took me a long, please, if you don't understand anything, understand this, because I had to work hard on this one. The best gifts are the gifts needed for that moment. Those are the best gifts. The best gifts are the gifts needed for the moment. Think of it this way. So a person is sick, and, and they're, they're asking you to pray for them. I'm really sick. And you say, well, my spiritual assessment test says I have words of wisdom. So I'm here to tell you that God is going to uh, bring uh, a wonderful thing into your life and, and that wisdom is going to help you. The person would be like, um, I really don't care. I, I wanted healing. Okay, is there any way you could go back to God and go exchange the wisdom for the healing thing? Or someone's struggling. They're going through a difficult time in their family. They've got a massive problem trying to make a decision. You go, well, let me lay hands on you so I can heal you. You say, I don't need a healing. The best gifts are the gifts that are needed for that moment. Now, look, at I, I, I don't claim to have the gift of prophecy. I don't claim to have the gift of knowledge, wisdom. But there have been times that freaked me out where I've gone up to somebody, especially in a camp, and I've walked up to them, and I've said, God wants you to know. And it just happened to be that thing that just changes their lives. When I was in Ukraine and on a missions trip, I can't tell you how many times I would just walk up to them and say something like, God has not forgotten about you. And then that sounds easy, but then you go, he knows that when you go to bed at night, you're staring at the ceiling. And even this, this, this still makes the hairs on my, and I know on the ceiling there's a, you've got something there that's got the shape of a cross, and you look and you go, God, have you forgotten me? He has not forgotten you. And to watch this poor woman living in a cinder block house realize that this man came all the way from the United States to the Ukraine to tell her what she's saying to God in her sleep. That's crazy. There's been times when I'm trying to lead someone to Christ. And this, I'm trying to just talk to this woman and talk to this woman. And she was just so thankful that we came to see her. So they don't have any money there. And they, there's, there's a, a church that's... Uh, the Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church in Ukraine at the time. So say 
you were really sick and you needed a priest to come and heal you, lay hands on you. Well, the, the priest would require some cash, a little, little cash for the, you know, for the favor. And uh, they give him a, a little bit of cash and they pray and if they didn't get, well, he go, well, you didn't give me enough cash. So when we would come, they always wanted to give us something. And I'll never forget this, 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 this gal. She, she went over into the, she had this huge apple orchard. And she goes over into this cupboard and she brings out these really nice apples. Because she wanted me to have the best apples. And I told her, now, I could have just said that is very sweet of you, thank you, no, or whatever. And I, I instead, I, this is how God works. I can't tell you, oh, the great, you know, clouds parted and rode in the sky. It was nothing like that. I just said, I'll tell you what. I'll receive your free gift if you receive mine. Just that simple thing. When you walk in the Spirit that way and you work in the gifts of the Spirit that way, that's the impact you want to make, an eternal impact on it. And let me encourage you, it is not wrong to say, God, I want. God, I'm going to go deal with this pretty heavy situation. Will you give me spiritual gifts, whatever is required at the time, whether it's a laying on of hands or gifted, whatever it is, give to me whatever is needed. Earnestly desire the best. So before I close in prayer, and you're going to hear me do this all through this series. Has God spoken to anybody today that you feel will bless this church? That will bless those around us? See, the Bible uses those things for the encouragement of a, and maybe a testimony, maybe something you learned, something you read. Don't diminish it. God might have said something to you during the service or this morning or just all of a sudden that came to your mind and you think maybe this is a blessing. You're with family. You're not going to embarrass yourself. And if you do, we're just going to laugh. Just like your family, right? That makes us family. All right. Anybody? Well, you get used to that. So, and you come ready next Sunday, because I'm coming ready. If I have to prepare, you have to prepare, right? If I have to get a good night's sleep on Saturday, wake up early on Sunday, and work on my message, and pray, and pray, and pray, and then pray some more, then you have to do the same thing. Is that a deal? Can we do the same thing? Okay. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We'll close in prayer. Father, we desire you. <sighs> no... God, I know it's not always going to be comfortable. And I know sometimes it can be messy. It can even be embarrassing. But God, you love us. You love us just the way we are here at Mount Zion Church. But too much to leave us that way. So God, open us up. Let us be available to bless one another. We really do love each other here, God. But we want to do more than that. We want to make an impact on, on eternity. God, we want to have the supernatural work in this church. We want things to happen that there's no other explanation except it was you, God. And that people walk out and go, I know that I know that I know it was God. Not some crazy, wild thing. Instead, God just... 
something that testifies to you who you are so that we can bless others and we can be a light on a hill that we can be the salt of the earth father we are know we are headed towards the end times if not already we are headed in times when we need supernatural because this world working in the natural just doesn't work so god we need help we need help raising our kids we need help being at our workplace. We need help around our friends. We need help to build the kingdom of God. So God, bless each and every one here today. Make them hungry. Make them want to desire your gifts no matter what they are. And then God, make them available to be used so that we can all profit and you can receive the glory. Now, Father, as we go worship you with fellowship downstairs, bless the food bless our conversation, our time. Let us continue to bond as a family so that we can continually see you in each and every one of us. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Let's go get some food. <laughs>